0: Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found.
1: That project manager I could never seem to hire?
0: And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Hey friends, before we get into the podcast, I just wanted to give you a heads up that later in this episode when we answer questions... We get into some pretty heavy issues and share personal stories about losing loved ones to tragedy and suicide. We didn't realize how emotional this would get, but wanted to address these questions in an honest, respectful, and loving way. So just wanted you to know that's coming up in a bit in case those conversations might be hard for you to hear. Thanks so much for your support, and we're always aiming to help you. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Can I just say, I am so incredibly happy that Halloween is over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, no, It's I'm, a lot. It's, it's a lot of effort. It's
1: so much, especially out here. Oh my gosh. Like you're just, you're expected to go out every night for a whole weekend and then some. Mm-hmm. And you just, you don't want to after a certain point. I was texting a friend and it was so funny. Because, oh my gosh, let me see exactly what it said. We both... This was probably the night before Halloween. And we were both expected to go out. And I said, I bailed on every party this week except one because I was just too tired. And he said, I'm going to a dumb house party. So... And I said, classic. I think I hate Halloween.
0: And we just like went
1: on and on. And I like... (laughs) I said, for real, I'm going to buy a costume right now that I'm going to wear for one night, and it's going to be like $80. That could have been an Aritzia top. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, was that the Alice no, in Wonderland? It, actually, I got that one for very cheap. I'll dive into that later, though. Um, okay. Shark Boy was expensive. Shark Boy was like 70 bucks or something, 60 bucks. Wow.
2: But it got a lot of views. So, <laughs> and I'm sorry. I, I it's such a lot of work. that one. That's no, interesting, good. isn't it? That people put so much time. I went to buy candy yesterday for the Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, mom Cause was, I was afraid we would run out. Mom was convinced we needed more candy <laughs> and uh, spoiler alert. We have a lot of candy left over, <laughs> but man, it was nuts. There's no candy in and in, in the store. Like all the aisles were bare and I was like people were scrounging fighting over candy. It was like toilet Man. paper in COVID. It's <laughs> like <Friday>. no candy. <laughs> and it's just and I'm just thinking how dumb is this that everybody's just we're programmed to go buy candy. But I guess it's fun and it's people really get into it and we we got into it. We had a lot of fun. And I'll tell you about that on the podcast too.
0: Speaking yeah. of getting into it?
2: Yeah, let's get into it. You ready? Yeah. Set. Go. Let's roll that intro music.
1: Max and Dads, chaos. Max and Dads, chaos.
2: In other news, Mom is a semi finalist short director.
1: <gasps> Mom? She's a... That's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: dr- short, short film director. Of a short. director.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Short yeah, film yeah, yeah. director. <laughs> Yes. Exactly. I had to
0: I had to read it several times to make sure that's what it was. Yeah.
2: <laughs> In a, it's a different new film festival.
0: <laughs> for airmail For
2: airmail again. Air again. Congratulations, honey.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, that is amazing. So yes. So how this is gonna be a, um, I, I don't want to say this is gonna be a really good podcast, but it will be a, there's a lot to do. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about.
1: I have a and feeling for the
2: first time, yeah, go ahead.
1: I I just I have a feeling that we had very different Halloweens. <laughs>
2: we'll compare and contrast. And also we're going to get into listener questions. We haven't done listener questions in a few weeks and there's some pretty heavy questions this week. And so we're going to get into those as well. If you haven't already, you can follow the podcast or subscribe and you can go to wholesomechaos.com to ask your own questions and suggest topics. So uh, before we get into that, do you want to start about your Halloween? Or, I yeah, want go you it. to
1: start, but I'm just gonna give a little teaser. Okay. I went to Harry Ween.
2: Harry Ween. Mm. Okay. That's
1: all I'm gonna say. But you go first.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I um. So we stayed here. We stayed home to do the trick or treater thing in
0: our new neighborhood.
2: In our new neighborhood, very excited the big first impression, you know, cuz Halloween is has been a tradition in our old neighborhood where we perform. Mom is very active and passes out all the candy and I and I juggle for the kids and I, and it's been something we've done for literally 20 years. Yep. And we left that neighborhood and now we're in a new neighborhood um and it's like nobody here knows that that's what we do. Should we still do it? And we decided, yep, we're going to still do it. And so <laughs> we
0: didn't decide that, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
2: Well, it's kind of like what we talked about. It's like you got to keep the tradition going while you can. So, but it's a lot different because it's a big neighborhood. There's not a lot of traffic and we're not in a cul-de-sac. So people kind of go by quickly. That's the first thing. And it started a little later than normal. Plus it's a Monday. It was a school night. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was weird. It's like a little bit out of sync from what's normal. People partied over the weekends and had party Halloween parties and such. But Monday night was trick-or-treating, but a school night. So we're out there early and we're on the porch and we're ready to go. And mom's got the candy, like candy for days. And I've got juggling torches and glow balls and my unicycle and other clubs Men. and my contact juggling. <laughs> and I'm ready. I'm geared up. But um, But people, when they come by... What would you say, honey? They're like they're on their way. They're they're making a move.
0: Yeah, I think because a lot of people in the neighborhood don't participate in Halloween, so uh, they they don't have like candy. A lot don't apparently. And I think <laughs> I think that if they've been here for years, they kind of know what they know where they're going. Just like people always knew to come to our house because your dad would be doing performance tricks. And mm-hmm. so um I think that, yeah, everybody kind of like we are rushing by, so we stayed on the porch because if we had been inside, we would have a lot more candy. I think than <laughs> we do.
2: Yeah, and, and yeah. we we stayed on the on the porch. So, um, and I think a lot of people like give out like whole candy bars. I know our next door neighbors did. So it's I think they like,
0: ran out, and they said, "I heard, um, I heard, so and so ran out. Hey, they've got big candy bars now."
2: So but, I think that was
0: their personal that was stash. Their backup?
2: Oh wow, that's
0: what I. I've gleaned.
2: So people ride around in golf court carts on their way to cover yeah, as much of the neighborhood mean. as they can. And so it's so we are like <laughs> so we're like performing, but I had to shorten my show. I couldn't like go from like three different things. It was like juggle fire, finish, let them go. Juggle fire. And I kept soaking torches and juggling fire all night. And I got into juggling uh glow balls for a long time. And I got a lot of practice
0: in. And then a couple of boys, he started teaching them how to juggle. Aww. It was so fun, Maggie. And these, these, you know, because I, and I Hudson
2: and Dane, yeah, were a couple, and this was also a good chance to meet some neighbors because we we didn't really we haven't really met a lot of neighbors. Yeah, yet.
0: so that was that was fun, but it was this the first time your dad actually did teaching juggling, and I and and I kind of cut him back on. I was like, like, don't bring out everything because you're not going to do a thirty minute show. These kids are trying to get to their, you know, get hit this whole neighborhood and get their candy, um, but these boys, and at, at one point they'd been there probably almost 30 minutes maybe. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, I bet they want to go get candy. And they're like, no, we want to do this. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And he taught them to juggle. It was Aww. so cool.
2: They were very persistent. They stayed they and really I taught good. them with the glow balls because it was dark outside. So they juggled with my, you know, my professional same ones I use on stage and they did great. Yeah. And, and we, um, See, I, I brought back some actual bean bags to give to them. Yep. Um, and then at some point during the night, we also got, like I got recognized from TikTok and they this girl Isabella told me Isabella told me she follows you and follows me and and so that kind of that word kind of spread and so I think now there's a reputation in the neighborhood too that that that's
1: Well, I'm glad you kept it so low key. Um yeah. and really <laughs> I'm glad it took you Three months to dox your new house <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> that was really good. Um, no, but as someone who grew up in a non golf cart neighborhood, I remember we like me and my friends used to always give so much like grief about the kids in golf carts. And even worse than that, the kids whose parents would just drive them. Mm-hmm. And you're driving. Oh, open it up. Go to the car. Okay, I'll drive you 10 more feet. Like, bro, just get out of your car. Get, yeah. like, it's, it's, oh, man. So all that to say, but it's a I big understand.
2: It's a lot of ground oh, to cover. Yeah, you're it's right, yeah,
1: yeah, I would hate to have to walk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, your children, walk. I'm sorry. That was a little aggressive. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys had a good Halloween and that you made some strong impressions. And I'm sure that, the shows were a highlight for a lot of people's
2: nights. Thank you. I, th- I think they really were, and I had fun. I definitely got my my workout in and my practice in, and it made me feel like a kid again, Maggie. Good. Like it
0: always does. So tell us about your Halloween or your do you want, Halloween. or do
2: you want to kind of weave in questions first? Like no, I gotta, gotta of- talk. No. Okay, Harry Ween, bring it on.
1: <laughs> do you guys know what Harry Ween is?
2: Well, I believe it has to do with the musical artist you saw perform yesterday. Mm hmm. No? Do you know his Harry name? Harry Styles.
1: That is correct. Yes. Harry Styles. Um, mm-hmm. So, Harry Ween is for the past, I guess, like, I don't know this tour, and then the time he toured before. I don't know if he's done it longer than that. When he's done shows on Halloween, which he calls Harryween, which is really fun. And Jenna and I were we did not want to like go to a party or anything. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, you, if we had not gone to this, we probably would have stayed home and played pickleball. Um, but thankfully, we were able to go to Harryween and I had never seen <laughs> Harry Styles perform live and i had heard a lot of hype about specifically his Halloween shows and I understand it now oh my really? goodness it was yeah for starters so so packed there's so many people there to see him which is normal he's Harry Styles but everyone and I mean probably 98 percent of the people there were dressed up Nice. Which is just so fun. Yeah. Like when everyone's participating and Jenna and I, oh, I needed to start the story a little bit earlier. Jenna and I found our costumes day of, (laughs) we were very last minute. And so we went to a Halloween store with so many options. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. And our first option that we looked at was Buzz Lightyear and Woody. And we were like, that would be cute. (laughs) That would be, we weren't really going for like looking super good (laughs) we just kind (laughs) of wanted something that we'd feel comfortable in all night um however they only had those costumes in men's xls so we decided that that was a no-go um and then we ended up seeing alice in wonderland and mad hatter costumes and we were like wait they're cute they're comfortable they're perfect (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we ended up getting them in children's sizes and they fit perfect. It was really funny. (laughs) I got a a child large and Jenna got like a child medium. And because of that, they were significantly cheaper. Mine Mm -hmm. was like 40 bucks and Jenna's was on sale and was like 30. And hers was so cute. She was the Mad Hatter and I was Alice. And we were working it. We were rocking it. We, um... We were also very rushed on time to get
2: ready. (laughs) I saw it on TikTok. You guys looked really cute.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Okay. You got to send it to me. I will. I will. I will.
2: Um, I guess maybe. I just saw it. Yeah. Go ahead. We
1: had like 10, 15 minutes to get ready. And so I was speed curling my hair. And then we were going to do content before we left, but then we didn't have time. And so we... (laughs) had to stop and fill up at the gas station and while we were at the gas station we were like all right now's the time let's make some content and we ended up making content there and the drive was then actually shorter than we thought so we got there early and it worked out perfect um and it was my first time at this stadium so cool. We got to hang in this other little area for a bit at the stadium and we saw some friends, which was really cool. Um I know I'm pretty sure I talked about Chris Olsen a while ago mm-hmm. on this podcast, but I am a Chris Olsen stan. Like, we keep running into each other at so many different places. And I saw him when we were back in, like, the waiting area or whatever. And he literally said, he was like, I keep running into you, like, everywhere. And he looks great. (laughs) He was dressed up as Danny Phantom, which is incredible. And we ended up running into a few other friends. And it was just such a good time. And then it was time to go see Harry. And everyone was taking bets onto what his costume was going to be. Last year, or the last time he toured, he was Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, and
2: wow.
1: his <laughs> um, band was the other members. So You had like the Tin Man and, you know, the Lion and a bunch of others because they were all kind of related to it. And so when the lights went dark and his band walked up, they were all dressed as the cast of Grease. And we were like... Oh, my goodness. His drummer, who she's like the fan favorite band member, she's so cool. It made me want to like learn how to drum, <laughs> it made, which maybe we can work on that. As I'm literally looking at my parents and there's a drum set behind them, maybe when I'm home for Thanksgiving, I'll learn how to drum, and then I'll be super duper cool because drummers oh, yeah. are so cool. Um,
2: <laughs> but
1: she was dressed up as Sandy, and so you kind of looking around, you realize, okay, everyone knows who Harry's gonna be now. And sure enough, he rises from the floor in the center of the stage, and he's got the slicked back black hair, and the leather jacket, and the glasses, and he looked so, like, oh my gosh, it was so good. He was just having the time of his life. That's the thing I think I really love about concerts, because I'm like, I like Harry Styles' music. I'm not really a super um, like artist person. Like, I don't really have artists that I know every single song of theirs and stuff like that. Um, I I know like most of his songs. I'd say for sure, just because he's so popular, <laughs> and I enjoy him. But I don't usually go to concerts f- specifically for people. I go when I can. Does that make any sense? Yeah, totally. But my whole point of this is what I really do love about concerts is just watching these people have the time of their lives on stage. I know I told you that's what I loved about Pitbull. Like he was just, he was Mm -hmm. having such a great time and same thing with Harry. And he was so like grateful and just, he even said he was like, I'm so aware that like I couldn't do any of this if you guys didn't come and like show up and thank you guys so much for that. And he did his little dance. He did the hand jive. Like on stage, <laughs> it was just so precious.
2: Amazing! Awesome. I'm so I'm so glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, I love I love concerts, and I haven't been to one in a while. But it, it, it's so great because uh, even if you don't know the artist, you really get to take in like the thing that they created, where they put a lot of thought and time and energy and money and creative yeah. team together, and this is like their presentation. But then in that moment, you know, it's fun to see them like free themselves. And they're not worried about hitting their marks and getting this exactly right or whatever. But like you said, they're just playing and having a blast. Now, like with his band, did he have a whole horn section?
1: They came out for a bit, yeah.
2: Okay, nice. awesome. Because I love the horn line in that one song that's really popular, you know, the one that you Ooh. you did the video with. Um, oh. What's the song? Uh,
1: music yeah. uh, for a sushi restaurant.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I love that song.
1: Yeah. And there's uh, a few songs on the album that I, I have a feeling you would like specifically because of like the jazzy horn section. Um, but yeah, as you can see, I'm currently wearing the shirt that I got from there.
0: (laughs) Nice. It's
1: specific to his LA shows as well, which was really cool. Um, I also got a little tote bag. So following the concert, it got a little less fun. Oh, no.
2: um,
1: neither Jenna and I had a fully charged phone. And Jenna drove. And once we exited the stadium, her Jenna's team was there. We kind of saw the concert with them. It was super fun. And they said, they were like, you, you guys know how to get back to your car? And we both confidently said, yes. Of course we know how to get back to our car because we're two grown adults who remembered where they parked. Um, oh, and both no. of us genuinely thought, we did know where we parked. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so we both agreed to go right. Out of the stadium, we went right. Um, Then we disagreed because I thought we should go straight and she thought we should go left. So we went left and then we were walking for a really long time to the point where we realized we had been walking far too long. So we came back and we thought, okay, straight doesn't look right anymore. So let's try right, not right out of... You still ride out of the stadium, but then another ride at this light. And then we were walking for a bit oh, at this so you point. Second
2: guessing yourself now. This sounds oh like gosh. a bad Halloween story. This sounds like, on like a Halloween. Eerie, I know. I know like Michael scared. Jackson thriller.
1: Yeah. And so Jenna's phone's dead. So we can't see where she parked anymore. We talked to some other people and we kind of asked around because we had parked in a, a lot. Um, we, we asked like, do you know where this is? And they gave us some directions that we didn't think was right. And so Jenna had the brilliant idea that I have life 360 on my phone. I should check life 360. And so we deciphered the lot that we had parked at, which was actually a school parking lot. Mm -hmm. And we mapped to that at this point, I have like 10% battery, (laughs) Jenna's phone's dead. And so we mapped to it and realized It was literally left out of the stadium. Oh, wow. And so we had walked the complete wrong direction confidently, so confidently. And as we were walking towards it, we were like, well, you know what? The stadium is a circle. So (laughs) any point of it where we were like, oh, no, this is this side. It was literally just the exact same as the other side. And so it was like a seven minute walk back to... Our place with a bunch of stops at crossroads. So it was like crosswalks. So it was like 15 <laughs> minutes. And then I'm so glad
2: mm-hmm. you were okay. Oh like, my gosh. What too. time did you get home?
1: Well, we stopped at In N Out. So we got home like a little after one probably. But I will tell you, for the most part, none of it was really scary because you're also still surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of people dressed in funny costumes <laughs> coming from the Harry Styles concert. So <laughs> it's like, it wasn't super scary. It was more of just like, how did we do this?
2: <laughs> That's yeah. great. I love it. Well, I'm glad everything worked out with that. And uh, happy Halloween. And I'm glad it's over. Oh, we okay can move too. on to other, other Halloween uh, or other holidays that are coming up. In fact, you know, one that'll t- take you back to Atlanta, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. So that'll Me be too. great. In our neighborhood here, they started decorating for Christmas already. They're putting lights up. Mm, So this is our first time to experience that coming together. That's gonna be great. So, questions. So we're gonna just jump in to a question. This is from uh, Bastian, who asks a question to me. He says, for Mr. Thurman, can you recall a time when someone gave you parenting advice that you decided not to take, and thinking back, are glad you didn't? Which was an interesting question, it was something I struggled to really think about, Bastian, in terms of like, what is the answer to that? Um, there's so much parenting advice and books and suggestions for how you can raise your kids, how you should raise your kids. Uh, and when you're in the flow of it, especially as a first-time parent, there's just so much that's coming at you all at once. You try to inform yourself and, and just do the best you can. Um, and a lot of it, you just kind of don't take in at that time. One of those, those rules, I guess that I I just kind of said, you know what, I'm not even going to try. We're not even going to try to follow that exactly was to always like put your kids on a really tight schedule where they always nap at a certain time. They always eat at a certain time. And you kind of like adjust your life to your kids' schedules and their lives. Um, and we were just kind of like, yeah, we don't even have- That's
0: not going to work for us. That's
2: just not going to work for us because <laughs> we're traveling constantly. We're, uh, you know, every day is different. Every day has new obligations, new commitments, new, new adventures. Opportunities, yep. Yeah, spontaneity and fun. And, and our kids, if they're going to grow up in this family- by goodness, they're going to be flexible, and so they're they're going to nap when they want when when we say they're going to nap or when they pass out.
0: Yeah, literally. You remember when we took Eddie to Ireland when he was five months old, and we mm. had one of those baby backpacks. The best, and he would literally we'd like head out and we hiked every day for like hours and hours, different places, and he would just fall asleep and then he'd wake up and he was someplace completely different and he'd just look around and smile so big and he loved the accents too and yes. yeah everywhere we went like but that that was it like he'd literally fall asleep like three or four times throughout the day for a little while and then he'd wake up and just engage
2: he <laughs> was so cool with it um, Easy going, and up. it was the perfect age to travel with him on something like that cuz he wasn't crawling yet and yeah, so he was he just get comfortable away. <laughs> to just hang out, you know? (laughs) And we had a backpack that was, um, we had the front carrier, but then we also had the backpack carrier, but in either case, it like supported his head. And so he could Mm -hmm. fall asleep and not not get, you know, the bobblehead thing happening. Um, One piece of advice that you reminded me of, honey, that was from my brother-in-law, Jim. Um, You wanna share Mm -hmm. that real quick? This is one we did follow. Yes. It was great advice.
0: Yes, he said, don't tell the kids that you're going to do something ahead of time. Like don't say, Oh, Hey, and then tomorrow after baseball or after school, we'll go get ice cream because things can change. plans can change. And, and kids just like, Oh no, you said that, you know? So we, even though we would have every intention of doing certain things, certain activities or whatever, something fun, um, I would, I would be really careful not to, to voice that too soon. Mm-hmm.
2: And then the other side of that is when you did voice something and made a promise for next week or you know even the next day, you make it really important that you follow through on that promise. Um, or we would also explain to our kids, hey, reality has changed and there's a rapidly shifting plan and this is what we thought we were we were gonna do And now we have this other opportunity, but like bring them along and instead of just saying, oh yeah, that's not going to happen. You can't dismiss that because they've been anticipating it. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. But there were
0: times when we would slip up and we would say that we were going to go do something. Maybe it was to go to the uh, Fernbank. We were Fernbank Museum and then we, you know, didn't want to go that day or it was rain or whatever. and. we had to follow through because we said we were going to do it. And I was like, oh, we never should have said that. You know, even though we had intended intention to do it, we didn't need to voice it just yet. One piece of advice, though, that actually it wasn't advice. It was something I wish I hadn't done. I was uh, over at a friend's house, and I think she had just put her son down for a nap, and she's picking up toys that are just scattered far and wide. Well, it had been my habit to make, the kids pick up their toys before they, you know, had to go to bed or before meals or whatever. It was like, pick up your toys. And she was like, oh, they're too young to do that, you know, at this age. So I thought, oh, okay, maybe maybe I should just pick up for the kids. And so I started picking up after you kids. And I feel like that was a huge disservice. (laughs) And possibly why...
2: Maggie had a Maggie's
0: with <laughs> was not guys. as clean as it <laughs> might have been. No, but I th- I feel like that was a disservice.
2: Yeah. Oh, one other rule, Bastion, I did not uh, follow.
0: Oh, look at your room. It's gorgeous. That w- is one insane. other rule was Yep. Nice. Don't
2: juggle the children. Mm-hmm. Someone told me that one time. I was like, yeah, that's not happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you have I'm, juggled I'm children. I'm gonna juggle I've our, seen
1: kids, you do it. Totally is, our kids. Totally juggling What is? What's the worst? piece of parenting advice don't say it's who it's from but what was like the worst thing that someone said and you were like "Mm, yeah definitely not I mean
2: people who just prioritize their kids needs and wants and desires over their others like don't be the parent let your kids be in charge yeah like that's that's the general mindset it's like no that's your job you be the parent you've got to put some structure around things and give the kids that's what gives them a sense of security It's kind of like when you think about, you know, wrapping a baby, you literally bind it in clothing and that's how they feel like you swaddle the baby and it's like, okay, I'm good. And that gives
0: them comfort. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And when they get older, you still need to, in a sense, wrap these rules around them, wrap these parameters around them because it makes them feel loved and secure. And they're naturally going to push, push against that stuff. But yeah, but the whole idea, like the, your kids, their, their needs and desires supersede your own, I, that's not I think people good do advice.
0: that, not intentionally. But they, don't they, want, they, they want to be
2: friends they, they, with their kids. Yeah, they want
0: to be friends, and they don't want... It's hard to be a good parent. That's that's the truth. It's like, to be a good parent, you have to outlast your kids in sticking to your guns about certain things, you know, and just saying, nope, this is, this is not what we're going to do, and this isn't acceptable or whatever. Um, I read a great book called Have a New Kid by Friday, that. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. I read that book and I was so excited. Like now I have these, these new tools. I can't wait when one of these kids, you know, throw a little fit or whatever. This is, um, mama's got the plan. And you guys were perfect angels for two solid weeks. Like not even the slightest. I was like on. Okay, <laughs> what's going on here? But you guys were really good kids, but but you definitely had to, you know, we, had to, we disciplined our kids.
2: Okay, next question. And this one's for you, Maggie. Hey, Maggie, I'm a massive fan of you and your dad's show. My question is, how should I handle toxic friends? Mm-hmm. Keep up the great work on the podcasts, Annalise, Annalisa. How should Annalisa handle toxic friends?
1: Drop them. like i i know that sounds like so straightforward and like maybe a little harsh but it's gonna be good for you and hopefully a reality check for them like you just you personally cannot thrive with toxic friends around you it's it's a disservice to yourself. And a lot of the times I fall into this trap because I, I'm not a big confrontational person. I don't like to directly say things that are hard to hear for people. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would say, usually I'm not very straightforward with dropping toxic friends. I'm, I just distance myself, which is also good. I don't think necessarily that you have to like put them in their place and be like, you are bad. Like, I think, I think you can just say, okay, I recognize that this is not a good friend for me. They're not improving my life. They are actually hurting me emotionally. And I no longer want them to be a close friend of mine. And so creating distance between yourself and them and finding good friends and also taking the lessons that you learned from them when you are interacting with other people and realizing like, okay, that's a toxic trait. I definitely don't want that in the people who I surround myself with. And even like a step further than that, making sure that you do not have those traits either. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of the times it's so easy for us to point out like that's toxic without sometimes checking ourselves to see if we've picked up on any of those traits. And if we're even in the slightest bit carrying some toxic traits of like, you know, you, without going into specifics, just like yeah. things that you would not appreciate other people doing, noticing that Talking you have been behind them. their
2: backs yeah. or like, you know, th- like, things like that that would just be like, you know.
1: If you hang out you know, with, with someone and it's like a, a little bit of a rough hang and this first thing you do when they leave is call your other friend to tell them how lame your hangout was or how like you know what I mean? All the things you didn't like about it, that's probably not a good thing. You know? Yeah. So just things like mm-hmm. that of recognizing toxicity in others, distancing yourself and also checking yourself for it and eliminating that out of yourself. I'm not saying you are yeah, I, toxic. I, I just think that it's I an I really like factor. what you said.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I really like what you said, though, about it's not about you... Like making the point of I'm leaving this friendship and you should know why I'm leaving this friendship, and have you know explaining to them why um, this didn't work out. It's it's just you you about about you prioritizing your own health and your own uh, sanity, Mm -hmm. and the people in your life who who are good for you and and making that way more important. So that was really excellent advice, Maggie. Great job.
0: Yeah. But on the other hand, I think there's a difference between calling somebody out and letting them know that, you know what, I just, I really don't like it when you talk about our other friends Mm -hmm. Mm. or whatever, so that they know. So when you distance yourself from them, they're like, huh, I get it. Because some people may not realize it. And going back to something I mentioned before, like I used to tease my sister Like I, I used her as the butt of jokes for, for a long time. And I thought we all thought it was funny. And Mm -hmm. she said like, that really, you know, it really upsets me when you do that. I didn't know that because she, I, I I mean, I thought she was laughing along and not realizing that it wasn't at, at what I thought. So by her saying that, then it brought that to my attention. So I think, you know, in situations where if, if it's possible to just say, Hey, don't, I really don't like it when you do this. Um, or I don't like this kind of behavior or whatever it is. If there's the opportunity to just, if it's going to help you think do it. Otherwise, like Maggie said, you don't need to call them out.
1: That is a line that I'm trying to find right now. Really, Like full honesty of, because a lot of the times it's not that simple, right? Taking criticism can be highly difficult. And it's one of those things where knowing something and like, okay, saying this is something that bothers me about this relationship with this person. If I voice it to them, will it actually improve our relationship or will it hurt it in something that is not recoverable? Like you you can't take it back out of after you've said it.
0: Yeah. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: that's something full honesty like I'm struggling with right now in like some relationships of does it bother me enough to have the conversation and would the conversation actually be helpful and I think it completely depends on the person yeah. Um, because some people truly can take criticism Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and appreciate it like like you mom in that scenario with your sister of saying like oh my goodness I actually didn't realize that hurt you I'm so sorry as opposed to you could have been like take a joke You know what I mean? Right. Like it completely depends.
2: When you, when you offer something that you mean to be like good information, you, maybe you should think about this in terms of modifying your behavior going forward, people get defensive and they're going to react to it in the moment in a very different way than they might ultimately come around to seeing that information so mm-hmm. prevent, you know present it with kindness and i know the things that we're suggesting here are seem really really difficult and they are they require some strength but but honestly when you step into those moments and stand up for yourself and for your health and for your emotional well-being you're going to find you have more strength than you thought you did and and once you have one or two of those encounters and you come through the other side of it you'll feel so much better like you'll feel like wow I just I did this thing that was well intentioned it was on my heart and I followed through and and I think that'll really help
0: but to your point like um that that that's a good point like in the moment may not be the best time to say that if they're you know acting a certain way or whatever to call them out at, it that feels where they very might accusatory. react defensive right exactly like you're being you're attacking them it it's better to wait until another time and yeah. bring it up maybe in a different way. Is accusatory like a, a word. A different ex- yes.
1: yes. Okay. Yes. Amazing it's a good word. Then maybe cut out yeah. the bit where I asked. <laughs> so it just sounded really <laughs> smart. I just wanted to make sure. Um no, but it's it's all good points and it's it just goes to show that it is a hard situation. But mm-hmm. toxicity is he- like heavy. If, if you have yeah. those relationships in your own life, you walk around with that weight and it is not fun. And like life well, these, is so much better without it.
2: These are all heavy questions and they're yeah. getting a little heavier, right? Because they deal with loss and with, um, you know, trying to process that loss in your life. I'm going to read them both and try to maybe we can talk about them in the interest of time together. But the first is from Audrey, who says, Hi, Dan and Mags. I've been listening to your podcast since day one. I recently lost my uncle, and his death is the first one that has really hit me. Mind you, I'm 19, and I don't, I don't really know how to deal with it. Any help would mean so much to me. Love you, Dan, Mags, Shay, and Eddie. Thank you so much, Audrey. And then the other question Um, is I love your podcast. You guys never fail to make my day better. High school has been a challenge in the past two weeks. Two of my friends passed away. It's been a lot with school and everything going on. Do you guys have any advice on making more time for yourself and for God while balancing loss and high school? Thanks for making my Wednesdays better. And that's from Maggie. Um, And so Maggie, heavy questions. I know, um, something that's near and dear to your heart and in the interest of like trying to help these Audrey and Maggie, what would you say?
1: Um, grief, grief is like, actually one of the wildest human experiences I think that I've ever experienced. Um, I don't, I don't know. I like, I, do you want to go first,
2: dad? Uh, I've been pretty lucky in my life not to have close friends pass away uh, when I was younger. And even in, as I'm getting older, I've lost several friends, um, you know, more recently. And, is, you know, that's the journey of life As the older you get, the more death you experience. And, uh, but, but it's truly tragic when, when I see people like Eddie and you in high school deal with friends who, who pass away or who, um, you know, commit suicide, things like this that are, that are very prevalent in today's society and among teens. And I just, I I don't know how to comfort someone except to say that these are all journeys of how you, um, Come to know love, come to know what is important in life. And every time you encounter a loss, it's a chance to either reaffirm something positive and beautiful about living and about people and about what you took from those people, or it's a chance to get deeper into your own despair. And And just please choose the first of those options um, because it's a spiral. It could become a spiral if you let your grief take you over and it's one thing to process grief and i and i think about people we love and care about and people i've loved very deeply in life and lost and the the hurt that you feel in your heart is like i think about it like as a reflection for the love that was there it's like it's like their love and their presence in your life cast this beautiful like sculpture that now is missing and so you feel that void because of that Uh, that that missing impression of who they are and and what they were and so in that sense like to to feel badly is a good thing because it reminds you of of the love on the other side Um, and then the other thing I would just suggest is you it takes time to move through grief and and so the way to help maybe help yourself get through it is to look to who else can you help through that process in your friend group, in your peer group, in the family, um, don't distance yourself or separate yourself from those who are hurting. Reach out to them and see if you can at least share in that in that grief together. Um, just some initial thoughts. And I know moms dealt with more grief than than any of us. And uh, do you want to share anything, honey?
0: Well, you know when when I was a teenager, I didn't lose friends in high school. I was. I was a survivor. Um, well, I mean, I, I lost my brother, who was in my first period of class. So, yeah, it's really hard to go back to school, and those people aren't sitting where you, where they should be. And usually, I can talk about this without crying. Um, but yeah, I was seventeen years old, um, and I lost two two brothers and three nieces uh, by a drunk driver. Um, but then I later lost two more brothers to suicide. And I was, by then I was in my twenties and it's really, it's a lot different losing somebody to suicide versus, uh, an accident. Um, and when I saw Dear Evan Hansen, it actually, it was hard, but it was so hopeful. I loved the way that they, um, you know, you will be found. I just thought that was so cool. And so a lot of what you said, Dan, is that it. hopefully you will draw from this experience, seeing people, loving them, remembering them, the good things about them, bringing out the, the goodness in yourself and, and just reaching out to, to others, I think, uh, is all you can do. And Maggie, you know, you guys, even Eddie went through so many losses, you know, you weren't necessarily close to all of the people that you lost in high school, but it's still, it's like, it's one of us, right? Yeah. We're teenagers and we shouldn't be dying. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it seems, it seems so, it seems so unfair. Yeah, And as a parent, you feel helpless, you know, when you see your kids have to deal with those types of, you know, adult challenges, you know, we we say they're adult challenges, but you know, kids have been dealing with loss and hardship and abuse and, and betrayal and parents and, you know, losing parents and wars and everything else since the dawn of time. It's like, it's like grief doesn't have an appropriate age. (laughs) It's like, it's just part of life.
0: But also, I will say one other thing that I think if you are one of those kids who think life is too hard and you're thinking about ending it, don't do it. You are you are a, a teenager now. You are so young. And these years are so brief. And when you become an adult, you get to c- control so much more of your life And decisions. And if you make those choices, you know, to to do something positive, it's just amazing what opportunities will happen. And so many people you hear stories about people who are just so down, had a difficult childhood or I mean through horrendous stuff. And yet they are the most joyful and loving people because they've they've tapped into the joy of life and and love. And so please, you know, get help, reach out, let people know if you are hurting because you're, you've got a future to live. Yeah. You need to do it for um, those, for, for those who love you, if not for yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just crying while you two were talking. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. just, it's okay. Yeah. Um, in my experience, different types, like there's there's different types of grief depending on the loss. Um, like I remember losing Nona June, um, my mom's mom who lived with us and such an incredible woman was just kind of like complete helplessness because it was so out of the blue and just like I will i am sorry I'm so cry but I will never forget the moment of being told that and just like the absolute helplessness because none of it made sense like this woman who I hugged this morning is no longer here and there's nothing I can do about it there's no like I remember I asked you guys, I was like, are we going to the hospital right now to like see her? Like, is she like, okay. And just like, there was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing I could do.
2: Um, nothing. Yeah.
1: And I don't really know how exactly we went about processing that as a family other than just like being with each other. um, yeah. And just holding each other close And remembering all the incredible things and just, like, carrying her with us every day. Um, In regards to, like... Unfortunately, I also know what it's like to lose friends from suicide. That is a different type of pain because it feels avoidable. It feels like something Mm -hmm. that we all... And that you can get into a spiral with that. That's such an unhealthy spiral of like, what could I have done better? And then that comes yeah. back to blaming yourself in a way which just isn't true. And it's not helpful. It's not It's not your fault. Um, but that's a, that's a different kind of pain. And again, I think that healing just comes from keeping their memory alive and being with people you love. And...
2: Part of what helped me, and I think maybe maybe helped you with Nona June. Yeah, it was so, it was so ab- abrupt and sudden, and like you said, you hugged her that morning. I talked to her that morning. We laughed together. She told us this really funny story about we were re- remembering being on the Grand Canyon together on the rafting trip, and. And she told this story about this guy going by in a boat and flirting with her. Yeah. (laughs) And it was anyway. So, so literally it's like, Oh, how could that have just happened? But, but the thing that helped me through it was the fact that we had that moment. You have that hug. It's like, she knew how much we loved her. Mm -hmm. There was nothing left unsaid. And so that's the lesson I think is like, if people mean something to you in your life, don't put up like a false front or don't create baggage and distance between each other like share what you what you feel for each other because you just don't know how when when you're gonna lose that opportunity to do it and and the friends that i've lost younger invariably like every like people i know like vince and you know people Mm -hmm. who died young i always have the same thought which is I didn't get to know him well enough. Like I, I, I was too busy. I didn't, I didn't develop a close enough connection with that person and that's on me. Um, And so all you can do is apply that going forward and be more present with the people who are in your life and, and just cherish the moments that you have with them.
1: Yeah. I'll say even from like an early age before I had like experienced losing people to suicide in my personal life, I like always knew from a young age, I was like, that's never an option for me solely because of what you've been through, mom. I was like, no matter how hard my life is or what I'm going through, like I had seen how it affected you. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I, I can never put my family through that.
0: And I thought the same thing. For my family. I was like assuring my family that that would never be an option, you know. Um, It was like, you know, if I get hit by a bus, that's okay, but I will not. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, but like you.
0: That was kind of our joke. It was like I would never commit suicide. But if I got hit by a bus, no. But no, no way. Yeah.
2: Well... Like I said, these are heavy questions and I love you ladies so much. I'm just so amazed by your great wisdom and honey, you're the most amazing person in my life and yeah, Mom, the fact you that you get to be my wife and I get to learn from you all the time is just a remarkable gift. And Maggie, you know. uh, thank you for going there. You know, I know that wasn't easy for you and I know that's not exactly what this podcast means to you you know, in terms of getting into that vulnerable place. And, but I think that in doing so, you really helped a lot of people today. Yeah. And so, and you helped me as well.
0: Well, I hope people will actually go to wholesome chaos and ask us some fun questions too. <laughs> <'cause
2: Yeah>. What's <laughs> no, your favorite but- color? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's we are gonna we could bounce back and be resilient and have fun and and we we continue to do that all the time and
0: oh yeah and
2: and humor is like that humor gets you through it too right absolutely it's like finding the funny and even in the moments that you're you're grieving and suffering is is really important
0: and I would like to go on record to say that uh, if I die suddenly or whenever I do die even if I'm a hundred years old. My funeral will end with Uptown Funk, and everybody is to dance their way out of whatever (laughs) place we are doing this. I am totally serious. I am dead serious on that. Oh, no pun intended. Oh my gosh.
2: (laughs) Well, on that note, I think we wrap this (laughs) thing up. <laughs> Man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, subscribe to the podcast. Go out, ask your questions. WholesomeChaos.com. We love you so much. Uh, have a great week, Maggie.
1: You guys, too.
2: <laughs> Take care of love yourself. You. Keep smiling. Give, give our best to Jenna. I will. And uh, I love you, honey.
0: Love you, honey.
2: And we love you, everyone. Thanks for being a part of our family and part of our life. And have a great week. We'll see you soon.
0: Love you guys. Bye. 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 So you know how the dogs always go crazy at Halloween? Like they're just freaking out the whole time oh, with the, like trick like the trick or, or treaters or whatever. They're like crazy. And then yeah, and so I remembered yesterday that the doctor had the, the vet had given me some anti-anxiety pills yes. for Simon. So we um,
2: drugged the dogs, Maggie. So. No. <laughs> Yes.
0: I'd never she, given them to him for a They like, were oh,
2: so mellow and cool. Never they never barked they so at good. Paul. They never at She gave Simon one of them, and, and she Spencer gave Spencer half. half of one. And <laughs> they were just kind of like hanging <laughs> out. They were really good with the whole thing. That's it was so awesome. funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what those were exactly, but they uh they tasted like peppermint. No! <laughs> <laughs> Just just kidding. kidding. I did not take the dog medicine.